our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want help stopping. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. That's right, everybody. Today is where I get to say a lot. Uh, this episode, courtesy of Social CBD, I'll tell you more about that at the break. Call in number is 984-2-DR-DREW, 984-237-3739. And uh, we have a great guest. We're going to be talking about sort of general topics today. As I mentioned uh, in the This Life podcast earlier, I'm uh, the KBC Radio. I'm no longer going to be doing that show in the new year. We are launching more podcasts in the future right here, but I will miss AM Radio and a thank you to all the staff over at KBC. Also, Mike Cathwood, Lawrence Yvonne, uh, and, and Leanne Tweeden, my co-host over the course of six years there. I will miss them, but we will get, all go on to, and you'll see them here, I hope, all of them. You saw Cathwood here recently, as a matter of fact. And um, also, don't forget to check out Dr. Drew After Dark on YouTube or in podcast or both. Uh, we have some really interesting stuff coming up with, uh, if you are a fan of that show, Robert Paul Champagne, if you're your mom's house uh, fan. Also, the Adam and Dr. Drew Show. It's at drdrew.com. Adam and I are together every day. A lot of people ask, you know, oh, when was the last time we talked to Adam? Uh, yesterday. Uh, subscribe and wherever you get your shows. And also go to drdrew.com, get all the links and the latest news. And uh, we're going to beef everything up since I'm not going to be doing daytime radio so much anymore. My guest today is Simona Mangiante. She uh, is a swimmer designer, a lawyer who worked with the European Parliament. Uh, she's also a model herself, and she is thrust into the spotlight lately because she is married to George Papadopoulos. Uh, if you I pronounce his name properly, yes, perfect. If uh, if you have been a fan, well, if you've been following what's going on in Washington, uh, you would have heard his name and you would have seen Simona representing her husband in the midst of the mess. So tell us what happened and what that was like. Um, it was my uh, and you married him in the middle of all this exactly. too, didn't you? That's that's a crazy thing. I was like, uh, that is crazy. Well, the, the, Officially, that's crazy. All, it's great to be with you today. The you as well. Thanks for Thank housing you. me. You bet. Uh, I became uh, public, if you want, uh, in the United States uh, uh, because I uh, came here in the middle of a terrible storm, which was the Mueller investigation. Did you come here because of that, mm, or you, did you no. were here because of your business? I was uh, actually dating George. Is the one that drew me. I mean, I brought always you over say here. from Italy with love. <laughs> uh, got it. That's the so you guys met why. over there? Uh, we met in New York uh, over a trip. Right. And then I, uh, the first time uh, I experienced any problem with the Mueller investigation, it was over my first trip to Chicago when I came to see him uh. after our great holiday in the Greek islands and the Italy, uh, Italian island. Everything was beautiful. Everything was fine. Uh, so uh, once, in a, uh, once I land in um, Chicago, I got a subpoena by Mueller. Uh, now, uh, that sounds crazy, and it's a very long story. Did you know what was going on? Did you understand I, what you were being sucked into? I just knew that Georgia had been interviewed by the FBI, uh, but of course, my suspect, uh, my, all my assumption drove me to the, his work with the President Trump, it, and that's why, I mean, I didn't pay so much attention to that. I, I knew there was... Because you thought that's reasonable for them to investigate him. He had some experience with the campaign. Exactly. So, so there is an what, investigation. What was his job there? Uh, it was a foreign policy advisor. 
And, uh, and was he in terms of campaigning? Was he well, it was it was really helping Trump bridging, uh, building bridges with the foreign uh, governments. He was mm-hmm. based in London. At Once the he time. was president, or while he was campaigning? Uh, no, while he was campaigning. Well, so he was a campaign advisor. Got it. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it was based in London, so very easy to track all his communication via mail. And uh, as I said, uh, everything developed uh, in a total uh, lack of understanding from for every, you, for, for me, everybody, even for him. And did you think you, what's the big deal? Why? What's why the big would deal? You, I mean, right. I'm a lawyer, so I thought, okay, there is an investigation going on it's uh, quite so it's just it's just you know, what do you call it? what do lawyers call this uh, invest uh, 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 discovery it's just discovery. a discovery yeah. discovery and probably is helping the government uh, yeah. you know to make clarity about so many things as it did actually in the end and yeah. as he thought he was doing so i really don't pay so much attention to that uh until the moment i realized that i did work for the same guy that set him up <laughs> in London, at the London Center of International Law Practice. And this is, was in the beginning the reason why the FBI wanted to meet with me, to know how much I knew about that guy that uh, now we know has been discovered to be a Western intelligence asset. He's a spy, but not a Russian spy, as he was characterized in What's the What's his name? Joseph Mifsud. He, he's Maltese. a professor, no Russian at all, uh, based uh, professor in the Lean campus in Rome. So we have this uh, individual that has been portrayed as a Russian asset, but actually has nothing to do with Russia. And So then, so let me just uh, imagine the way you were portrayed. So he is a Russian asset. You were somebody who's worked with him. Aha! Here we are. Matahari, I know <laughs> Matahari, it. Matahari, yeah, exactly. For sure. And I want you to understand, and for you even as bewildering it is, as it is, for and a, a somebody that grew up stateside if i were to cast a movie with a female russian operative you would get that role <laughs> you would be in that role you your entire what? story would fit it and i'd cast you in that role i love it so, and actually my next achievement is to play a spy in a movie so, <laughs> that's what you'd be I want good you'd be really good at it that's what i want to do oh my god uh, so i i really had this uh, Mueller uh, people in this, uh, asking me uh, if i was uh, providing uh, any information to george for any other government which government was paying me and i was feeling like okay what's going on here and i said you know what you're very difficult to profile why a lawyer would have an acting name an acting profile and do acting and modeling well the truth I was born to that. I'm <laughs> what did you do for the European Parliament? I was uh, a legal advisor to the presidency office. So I was working for a parliamentary committee and in particular I was working on uh, child abductions. So uh, it was a very tough topic. Uh, I love to work in human rights. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a very young professional, when I joined the European Parliament, it built up uh, a lot of my professional skills and my personality and my empathy to- toward uh, issues involving children and, and uh, civil everything. Right, and human rights. Uh, human rights. Yeah. So, uh, but at the same so you're time, a human rights lawyer. Yes. And I've always been the, uh, uh, an artist deep down. I mean, I always wanted to uh, study acting or to design. So you got uh, bored. I got bored. And my parents are very conservative. They told me, no, there is no option for you now to uh, become what you want to become. Study law. You will have a great career. And then, you know, you decide what to do. What, what, you were living in Italy? You grew up in Italy? I grew up in What's Italy. What's your ethnicity? I'm Italian 100%, but I just took an ancestry test. So and <laughs> they, they think you're Italian? Your parents think you're Italian? Um, well, my parents uh, are... Do you don't look Italian. You look a little more Eastern. I do. That's true. I mean, you look like a Russian asset. So, I do. <laughs> so, <it's laughs> That's perfect for the role, as you said, right? Oh, my God. It's so, so hysterical. I, Follow Simona on Instagram, Simona underscore Mangiante, M-A-N-G-I-A-N-T-E. Twitter at Simona, Simona Mangiante. Facebook. Slash, this is what I have, P-O-L-L-O-N dot 
O-L-I-M-P-O-33? Uh, Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos, okay. <laughs> My married name. Okay, got it. And uh, what else do you want people to know about you? Uh, the Agape by Simona. Yes, this is uh, my fashion line. Okay, got it. Can we take a quick call? Because somebody's got a really interesting call here. It's about your husband. I, no, no. Hi, George, by the way. Uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is Richard. Richard, interesting question. Go right ahead. Yes. Hi, Simona. Hi, Richard. Um, Lindsey Graham, prom Graham promised to allow George to testify in public in the Senate. Is Lindsey Graham going to keep his word and allow your husband to testify in the and let the American people know what really happened, or he's, or is Lindsey Graham covering for the deep state because he seems he doesn't want to call any hearings whatsoever. I hope. Thank I, you. I thank you for your question. Hi. Uh, well, I hope he will. Uh, what I know is that uh, George is ready to go and is not afraid to say whatever he has to say for the benefits of uh, you know everybody to know. Do you think he's going to end up in? Do you, do you th are they even going to have a hearing in the Senate? Do you think? I think that they expressed the interest to have an hearing in the Senate. And, and has and he been George, contacted? Um, not directly yet, mm. but I know they want to invite him, and he already expressed this uh, agreement to go. I mean. Why are they interested in him? What is it he has to say that's going to be of interest, uh, well, if you can say? Uh, well, he has uh, actually, uh, what, is, uh, what is also the object of his book, he, uh, he basically uh, revealed uh, all this number of players uh, that uh, happened to result uh, in... Uh, uh, spying in the Trump campaign. Is and this back to the Steele dossier stuff? Yes. This yes. is all the. So has he been approached by Barr and the D Department of Justice? Uh, well, not. You can't talk about that. Well, I can't really talk about. It, but what I can say comfortably is that uh, uh, you already put a lot of information out there. So your uh, husband, yes, yeah. and you already testified under oath yeah. to Congress, and is. Uh, Willing to do that again. And, and why did he get in trouble with Mueller? What, 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 where was the problem? Well, that it was literally, literally set up. I mean, they fabricated this uh, lie to the FBI that actually was not more, not less than misremembering a date. I mean, we have to understand when you are in a room with the FBI, it's yeah. easy to be caught in a contradiction. If they want to make of you a target, uh, they will. What did you eat last morning? Uh, you know, a crescent. You lied. Eggs. You yeah, lied. Yeah. So, okay, I'm a felon. I'm convicting for lying. But Obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice or whatever. But I never understood what it was his motive uh. to lie. Uh, because literally the lie was misremembering the date he met with Mifsud. So, my boss. <laughs> my James Bond. <laughs> The Russian operative. The Russian operative. He's not a Russian working. operative, right? No, I'm not his. Uh, he is James not. Bonger, He's no. he. W but he was a spy for somebody. He was. He was definitely a spy. Uh, to me, you want to know my feeling, even if it's uh, sort of crazy. But to yeah. say, to me, it was an Italian asset. He was an Italian spy to me, in to me it was in the UK. In the yes, Western intelligence, Italian, UK. I mean, definitely. Who did he work for? Or maybe both sides. Both sides. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I mean, you'll see a lot of things going on there. Yes, but, I see uh, you it. Know, I never thought it could be. Uh, I mean, I've always been very sneaky, like a networking person, speaking Italian well, perfectly. Spy. I mean, exactly. And then <laughs> I think he was trying to recruit me at some point. By the way, I'm not joking. <laughs> But not for the Russians. Uh, so for uh, the Italian government. I mean, it, my experience with the London Center lasted three months, not more than that. And it was involving me in sort of strange, secret uh, um, symposium meetings. Uh, you know. Did you talk the, about that when the mother? Uh, oh yeah, I told them everything. I mean, and I didn't. Uh, I was caught in a lie. Yes. You were. Oh, you were not. You <laughs> no. remembered everything. You're younger. Yes. And so, do you, what? What do you now? You're how long have you been in this country? Uh, not even two years. Not yeah. yet. Uh, no, yeah. What do you One think of the craziness half. here? Uh, 
it's extremely crazy. I say like my American dream <laughs> is very cloudy. It's, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's a nightmare, but it's also a dream because uh, I mean I I love the love story in the middle of the adventure. It was uh, very intense, very passionate. Right. Really like this side, you know, to fight together for something. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's it, really it, you, you bonded you together. In, yes. In, uh, crucible of war, sort of. Yes. So I mean, from a certain point of view, and then it's like uh, it made me grow up so fast i mean it's uh, i was used to a pretty pretty mainstream life i was uh, you know lawyer at the european parliament i had my uh, little uh, exit of oxygen when i was doing my little modeling things or acting under you know under an alias of course because i couldn't be right. a lawyer at the european parliament and then having this sort of hobby uh, but at the same time i was i was really I mean, I didn't expect anybody to be capable to rewrite my entire existence and then put a stigma on me and then have to live with that every day. Well, and then social media, I'm imagining, was just uh, probably brutal. Totally brutal. I mean, just have a look out there. Uh, they at attacked me most than George. I mean, that's really... Well, we save... I, I would argue this country saves very special... I don't have a strong enough word for women. We we uh, we brutalize women when they when they step in our opinion out of line. That's something that I experienced in my skin brutally. There is also this guy I don't even want to mention to not give him publicity, but he wrote an entire book about me full of lies. You know, I don't have time and resources to waste in a lawsuit right now, but when you have a publication with a chapter in which you write that I took $250,000 from the European Parliament, so suggesting I was operating, like, Already, yeah. which is not true, without backing up with any evidence must be dying okay my do they know uh, they don't know no, i try to keep them uh, you know away from most of the information but my mother is an english teacher so <gasps> she understands english oh, very no. well and uh you know she goes on twitter and she's terrified she's oh. terrified because you know in the end uh she 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 just sees like uh, how uh, a lie can become uh can inflate and become like a, a boomerang like it's a tsunami. and uh, you know they attack me about everything even Wh about where did you grow up I grew up in uh, Caserta, nearby Naples. I studied Naples. I studied the University of Law of Naples, and then I did uh, different international programs in uh, Spain, in Brussels, in Paris, and in New York, and Washington. So, and, and, your, and your parents are still in Naples. Uh, yes. And what did your dad do for a living? Uh, my father is a college director, uh, a classicist actually. My mother is an English teacher. Uh, and then and I thankfully, he doesn't speak good English. No, he good. speaks uh, ancient save, Greek save, and no. ancient Lat Latin. Yeah, he speaks, <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he reads do. Homer in the original language, but, <laughs> yes. he, but he doesn't have to suffer through Twitter. <laughs> no, exactly. So. My mother does. Uh, I mean, she's becoming very... Very, you know, like very familiar with the social net. Thanks God she doesn't have Instagram yet, but Twitter, really scary. Scary because, they d and sometimes even when I simply walk the street, I have people telling me, go back to Moscow. Who do you think to fool? And once I just said, I was in Hollywood, I said to this lady, I said, look, I have my passport in my bag. Do you want to see that? And when I do that, it's not because I need to prove myself, but just because I, I want to, uh, exposed how obvious these lies are. Russians like, could have given you that passport. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? You can you can fake some documents. That Putin's pretty well, powerful. But I would not be free. <laughs> right. It, well, it, it. I just like that you. I mean, you're an attorney, so you have some training in going yeah. back at people who are who are crazy yeah. like that. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I'm. 
I'm trying to get some. We have a bunch of calls in here, and we we're going to get to them. I promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, here's somebody that uh, wants to talk about your your fashion lines. So let's oh. give him a chance to do that. Yes, Stephen, go ahead. Hi, Simona. Uh, big fan. I've actually been following you on Twitter for a while, and I just wanted to say I bought two of your pieces uh, from your designer swimwear, Aphrodite and Electra for my significant other and they are incredible designs and they're made so well and i had two things to say following one i don't know how you deal with the amount of hatred on social media but yet you continue to stay positive and stay so driven in all of your endeavors especially from those people that might call you family it's and what, and Stephen, and what, Stephen, let me ask this. Handle what, it like a champ. Stephen, what do you see? What are they saying? What are they doing? Well, you've got you've got members of her distant family that are attacking her and family? slandering her with the most ridiculous lies. And it's uh, hold on, out hold on. on. Let, let, she's going to address that. Uh, 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 hold on. Uh, thanks first of all for. Um, buying a swimsuit for your wife, uh, your girlfriend, hope she enjoyed it. Uh, I really, you know, it's uh, it's my passion, it's my baby, the fashion line, so I'm so happy, you know, you, are, you mentioned it. Uh, concerning the bullying on social media, uh, yes, he's referring to, uh, I guess, some... Uh, a family member, but uh, not on, on George's side. Or somebody uh, who's claiming to be a family uh, member. Somebody claiming, okay, whatever. And they're extremely mean. I think uh, uh, what's even worse is that uh, all the trolls out there, they're using this situation uh, to uh, back up and to f- put fuel on uh, drama. Uh, I, uh, Of course, it's hurtful, uh, but I believe... Uh, there is a huge uh, misunderstanding uh, at the origin of this uh, false allegation that there are a bunch of, uh, let's say, jealous people that uh, probably dehumanized me and they decided to portray me as a monster while I, of course, I'm not a perfect person, but uh, I have done my best for uh, for George. So definitely, uh, I mean, I can't relate to that. What else, Stephen? Anything else crazy out there? Uh, Steven? So, well, I just want to say that, you know, anyone looking at Simona with all she deals with, both on Georgia's side of life and her own, and she manages to keep a positive point of view through the whole thing. I mean, if you look at her timeline, you'll have these psychopaths saying that she's a horrible person, and she's clearly a who's very driven and creative and unique. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to say thank you All right, for Steven. sharing thank that with everyone. You got it. Thanks, thank Steven. You. Uh, you know, it overwhelms me that people see through the hate and, uh, you know, the, the real you. And uh, this was the, re- very the reality good. is, I, it's so interesting. Do you still you get it all day, every day on your Twitter feed? Uh, yes. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. And yet the reality is most people don't know and don't care. They, that's true. 
right? That's and by, by that's most, true. I mean and, most. And you are so right, but the, you need to think about it to realize it. Yeah, because it because it rains down the negativity. You, you know, you open your phone first thing in the morning, you see oh, these horrible I'm things. I'm addicted. It, it, it <laughs> <laughs> and I pretend I don't care, but actually, it, it has to affect too. you. I, I get tons of it too. I get tons of it. It does. And and especially from my standpoint, I'm I'm only trying to do good. I'm trying to help, do good, be useful, make a difference. Seems like you're sort of from that point of view, right? Me I mean, too. that's yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really. Uh, you were a human rights lawyer. Human rights <laughs> lawyer. I don't, you know, I don't go after everybody. Right. And, uh, even I think it's so sad when we discriminate uh, women uh, for. Uh, well, this country, I, I noticed that when I, I, I wrote a book uh, about ten years ago, and I was talking about how women who misbehave. And then I was talking about sort of Britney Spears and people mm -hmm. like that, and how how just brutal, particularly other women are. Is other women that are coming after you? Oh yes, yeah, They're mostly women. Yeah, mostly see, that's isn't like that weird to me? Women should support I mean, each they other. They should support the each other. I mostly have this. Uh, a hard case of uh, when when we was talking about family members, we were talking about people I never met, like uh, you know someone married to uh, George's brother right. who I never met in my life, but she's so obsessed with me. She would go to journalists and feed with lies and uh, writing she, that I'm a horrible she, person. Why she believes you're Russian? <laughs> well, <laughs> so maybe, but uh, actually the, she reported me for being a Russian. See, there you go. So, but she you know, believes that's, you're that's the reason like, that George went to jail or and, whatever. And then so. you say like, okay, really? I mean. Fine, but uh, at some point, in the beginning you laugh, but then you say, I say, oh, really? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I want to talk, uh, because you're very European, I want to understand uh, the latest art scandal, which is the $120,000 oh. <laughs> banana. But before we do, before we do that, we're going to talk maybe a little homelessness here with Patrick. Let's see what he has to say. Patrick, go ahead. Hello, Drew. Big, uh, You're my big hero here, so I'm nervous. You're good, buddy. Uh, from Hang a medical there. perspective, yeah. <laughs> from a medical professional's perspective, and you were old enough to remember the grid crisis, um, HIV/AIDS back oh, yeah. in the eighties. Oh yeah. You guys were vilified when you tried to enlighten people. Oh yeah. They denied it. It was you know it was shameful. Well, and let me let me hold you for a second, Patrick. That, me, well, Patrick, what happened was it's really but, interesting. So I was taking care of lots of what we were just starting to call AIDS. I was in training back when AIDS yeah. hit mm -hmm. the epidemic. Wow. And it was one of the, wow, wow. the saddest chapters of human history. And no one's left to remember it. They all died. I remember it. It was unbelievable. And I had an opportunity to be on the radio. And I went on the radio on this late night show that, became, that was Loveline at the time. And I was stunned that no one was talking to young people about this. I'm like, oh, my God, they seem to not have any idea this is coming. And I knew what young people were up to. But at that point in history, this country believed that, yes, we'd been through a sexual revolution. doesn't apply to adolescents, young adults. Just adults do this, not adolescents. Why? <laughs> they know better. <laughs> I knew better. Oh. So, uh, so I was talking to adolescents okay. about, about using condoms and about this epidemic. And I was crucified for daring to talk to young people about th things that should not be spoken of. And the AIDS phenomena was part of what you don't talk about. And I was, I was just like, I couldn't, much the way I feel about homeless now, I felt about that AIDS thing that I couldn't shut up because it was too important to talk about. I feel the same way about homeless in Los Angeles. For people who don't know, yeah. Now that was what I was getting was? to. Hold on a second. Yeah, is, let me explain. How is it that 
Hang on a second. I'm explaining what uh, the grids crisis. What Patrick means is grids was what we call AIDS before the term AIDS came. It was called gay-related intestinal disease syndrome. And when I started taking care of AIDS patients, we were still calling it grids. We were just starting to call it AIDS, and uh, and nobody was talking to young people about it. But go ahead, Patrick. I'm sorry I interrupted you. So that was that was my question. How that you know historic episode compares now with how you feel about the homelessness crisis because you've walked through the streets you've seen them you you went out you said that on fox news that you've seen these people and gavin newsom won't do anything he doesn't go and see these people i know and then facebook google these enormous corporations they talk about human rights but then they don't do anything they don't follow through with this you know commitment to their principles Right. So at some point, like in the mid nineties, I'm 37 in the mid nineties, you could talk about AIDS. It wasn't that bad. And by the late nineties, you know, it was fully out there. Right. That's right. It took a while. This this seems to be a little more, this seems to be a little more ossified. Thanks Patrick. I'll I'll talk about it. Uh, And as someone who took care, I, I, I see who is in the streets because they are my patients. I, this is the population I took care of for over 30 years working in a psychiatric hospital. It's the drug addicts. It's the chronic psychotic. It's, it's people that, that will die in the streets, and they're dying at the rate of three a day. Wow. Three a day. That's incredible. It's ridiculous. Scary. Yeah. In Italy, what do they do with serious mental illness? What if somebody has says, I'm Jesus, and uh, I want to smoke crack, and um, you're beaming thoughts into my head? What would that? Per- what would they do with that person? Would they leave him on the street to defecate on no, the sidewalk? that's what I, I... I've been volunteering at the Union Rescue downtown. The the Union Rescue Mission? Yes. With uh, Reverend Bales? Yes. Isn't and he amazing? Uh, amazing. Yeah. And also... Because George was doing his community service there. Uh, he was volunteering there uh-huh. for a long time. And what really uh, made me uh, feel sick was that they're not uh, simply people who have a pr- you know, problem like home- homeless poverty, like in Italy happens most of the time. This isn't poverty. But are, this isn't poverty. This is mental illness. This is mental illness, right. This is mental illness. Yeah. You're dealing yeah. with uh, a drug addiction and yeah. mental illness. Yes, and that's it. I feel Period. Like the way this this union rescue is amazing. Yeah. I really I yes. really felt. I mean, yes. I, I enjoyed working in the kitchen, preparing lunches, and giving to them. And uh, I many people that are hired are ex addicted. That uh, then they work yes. there. Yes, so that's LA Mission and, and Union Rescue Mission both do that. They're staffed all the way through with people I, in recovery. I was so much impressed, yeah. and they always were sharing with me their uh, past of uh, heroin addiction or even. Um, Jail time, crack, yeah. whatever, yeah. and you see that there is uh, inside there is a lot of humanity, and uh, but outside, as you walk out the door, they are on the street. Right, and see, so what drives me crazy is I know how to help those people on the street. I have no; it's not a problem. It'd be very easy. I know exactly how to do it. Our laws won't allow it. Our, our laws are the problem. That's, it, crazy. that's crazier uh, well, than the people defecating on the street. Our laws are crazier well, than the people on the street, and this crazy. is not a third world problem. This is a America. medieval problem. Medieval. Back when people were, thought they were possessed or needed to be, you know, something was wrong, have to marginalize them and not deal with them. And then you're going to get medieval infectious diseases on the heels of that. That's true. 
And that's true because I what happened, you know, even like I posted a, a picture yesterday, like nearby uh, Hollywood uh, Boulevard, and mm-hmm. you have the, these people that, uh, you know, the, the health, health condition must be terrible. There are new diseases developing. And uh, it, we can't. Typhus, with when, when rats are out of control. Yeah. Rats are everywhere. They bring typhus. Yeah. They bring Arsenia, which. Wow. Yeah, you know what Arsenia is. Well, yes, for the, I never heard this from Ar- Ar- Arsenia, the more yes. common name is bubonic plague. Arsenia is endemic in this region of the world. It follows typhus. Last oh, outbreak wow. in the world was in the Los Angeles in the 1920s. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so terrible. a non-tuberculosis exploding, leprosy exploding, non-tuberculous AFB, something called amavium exploding. This is, this is going to go very bad. Flu exploding. Measles, if it gets into that population, watch out. So, um, all right, you want me to wait to take a break there, uh, Caleb? Or you want to take a All right, we'll do the break right now. i got lots of great calls. I'm going to get to that. I'm here with Simona Mangiante. You can see her on all her pages. All, it's all essentially Simona Mangiante, M-A-N-G-I-A-N-T-E. And so imagine if you just Google your name, all that stuff comes Mangiante up. Mangiante yeah. Papadopoulos is too long. <laughs> One of Fair the enough. two is good. Uh, we'll take a little break. Be right back. The CBD industry is still pretty much the Wild West when it comes to claims and criticisms. The science is catching up with the industry. We will have clinical science soon enough, and there seems to be an overwhelmingly positive response these days to CBD's efficacy. We've all heard the reports, and luckily our good friends at Social CBD are raising the industry testing standards. They like to say they are test-obsessed. Social CBD works closely with their suppliers and multiple third-party labs to ensure you are getting exactly the package that they say you are getting. High-quality CBD with 0.0 THC. And Social CBD wants you to be skeptical. That's why they put a QR and batch code on every package. This allows you to check all the test results for your product, not general testing, the product, the one, the specific batch you bought. And while Social CBD broad-spectrum products are available in a range of formulations, each of which is clearly described so you can make an informed decision without all that hype and promises that sound too good to be true, to learn more, go to drdrew.com slash socialcbd. That is my website, drdrew.com slash S-O-C-I-A-L-C-B-D. For a limited time, you can save 20% at checkout with the code drdrew. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. As I said, we're going to have a little art discussion in just a minute. I'm here with Simona Mangiante. Before we do, uh, I want to talk to uh, Steve. Steve, I'm I'm curious about Steve's call. Steve, go ahead. Dr. Drew. Steve, what's happening? How are you? I'm good. Uh, Good. Uh, You know what? You you are, I think I talked to you one other time. I don't know. We'll make it quick. Uh, I know. We all need to build a life. Anyways, I'm from Santa Barbara, but I listen to you all the time, and you seem, and I think I said this last time, you seem to be a very intelligent individual. And so I've worked through my life a lot. Of, I grew up in Vegas, born and raised in Vegas. And then now in Santa Barbara since I was 23. Nice. Um, uh, formerly, uh, educated, yes, educated through the school system. I hear pipeline, whatever Adam talks about, all that. I get, I get how you, the, the yin and the yang of it all. He and I, she's talking about uh, Adam Carolla. It's a different you, 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 absolutely. You're right. You're right. You're, you, him, him and you, I, I get that. And I hear the development of that and understand the, the development of you two, your relationship between the two people. Got it. 
And what's fascinating about that um, to me is um, how two people can get along from two different like. Uh, let me let me tell you. He, no, I understand. Um, I mean, we're the same age. We have a lot of peer experiences that are similar growing up in this part of the country. So we have we have a lot of similarities that are not apparent. And he <laughs> he was the way I got access to people's ears. Right? He we used to say, you know, he was the Gainsburger, I was the pill. We were trying to get people to take a pill, got to wrap it in something tasty. But you know what? I, I, but he, I apologize. I apologize for no interrupting. Problem. No problem. Finish. I apologize. No, go. Go ahead. Uh, just that, that I, that um, he, I taking 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 that aspect out of it. Just the, the actual genuine personality, or like the back and forth of it. I think there's something bigger to that, as you guys both know. That I take, I understand from coming from different villages. That's I'm just sharing knowledge that I. I hear you. Of, I hear you. And, it and, and it is, listen, it, and as he also said, he, he used to, he's a really brilliant comedian, right? And so I have to learn at the, at the, at the hem of his skirt, you know what I mean? It's not something I know anything about. And so I try to listen. I try to pay, play along with the stuff he's doing. But uh, as he said to me once, he goes, look, brisket and brisket is not very tasty, but brisket and some gravy and some potato, you got to have two different things going on to make a, make a meal, to make it interesting. This is a show I do with Adam Carolla, who I done, worked with since the 90s. What is really crazy and unusual about our relationship is that we have worked together for 25 years almost, mm -hmm. and that we've had our moments of conflict and difficulties, and we're always sort of conflicting in our on the air and what we're doing because we come from very different points of view mm -hmm. um but we when the day is done it's like like being a a boxer or something you shake hands and you, you appreciate the other guy's work and you go home i mean you have, you have a steak it's not <laughs> something you carry with you so uh, appreciate that steve i want to get to one more difficult call here if you don't mind this is from uh brenda brenda go ahead Hi, Dr. Drew. Oh, my God. I've been listening to you since I was, like, 17 years old. Wow. And here we are. What's going on? I can't believe on? I'm actually talking. Here I, we are. And it's really, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of weird because that's where the start of my drug addiction happened at that 17-year-old marker. And I'm talking to you now, okay. trying to get help with it. Well, I, I hope this has meaning. So, so, you are still addicted, right? Yeah. What yes, you, sir. What's your Unfortunately. Drug, what's your drug of choice? What do you got? Basically, so I mean, po typically uppers like you like meth. Yeah, you like, like meth. And meth is was, your thing. No, I'm sorry. Meth, meth is mostly your thing. So right? I was, yes, okay. exactly because I well I had never done it until 2016, but that got me homeless on the streets of Austin, Texas. Right. Speaking of homelessness, yeah, no, that's in meth. LA. I know it. I mean, it's, that's meth. It'll do it every time. It's a really bad thing going on. In yeah. Austin, right now, I see yeah. on Twitter, like, they're just attacking the homeless out there. Yeah, that's what, by the way, but by, by, that's one of the things is, that scares me. If we don't do something about this, they're, like some horrible disease emerges in homeless yes. population, they're going to get, I mean, I don't know yeah. there's going to be vigilante action. I, yeah. It really scares me. So, I mean, and, and I understand the, pop, the well, populace. Well, I think there is. 
Well, maybe in Austin, not in thank God yet in Los Angeles. People are getting sick of it, but they're not yeah. they're not That's... they haven't lost their humanity yet, so thank God. But but let's talk about you. So No, they are losing their humanity. Well, okay, in me. Austin. Okay. You're, you're um, now in, well, like I said, you're in Baltimore now, right? I am. I'm living with my mother and my kids. Okay. And how much we smoke meth once or twice a day still? Not not I can't find that in Maryland, so I'm back to crack. Okay. How often are you doing crack? Um, just about every day, but I, I'm really trying to like say, screw this. This is not, yeah. it's, it's not what I want. I don't, I, get I don't it. want. You're almost it. done. You're sick and tired yeah. of being sick and tired. But I do. You're almost done. So yeah. what, what, um, uh, how much are you drinking? Uh, whenever I have money, I, I get alcohol. Okay. So right. but it's really usually only once a week. Okay. So Baltimore, was, Baltimore has, so, I hear you. I, so you're sort of binge using now, but you would use every day if you could. I, I get it. Listen, yeah. it, it is what it is. Exactly. So, so you, you should, there's, there's good recovery in Baltimore. There's good stuff going on. There's good treatment. Yeah. Right. So you need to, when you put the phone down with me, you need to go online and look up Alcoholics Anonymous and just show up at a local meeting. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Raise your yeah. hand and go, I need help. I literally That's, did that last night. Beautiful. Like, I don't have transportation go? to get to, I mean, like, literally, literally, I was online last night, I was going to go to a meeting at 9 o'clock, and it was freezing outside to ride the okay. bus, so I didn't do it. Don't, you know what you do? You contact them, they usually have a phone number, particular meetings, you can get a hold of, at least a hold of the secretary and say, I'm in trouble, I need a, I need a lift, and they will come and pick you up. Okay. Okay, okay. I brought well, let me it. ask you this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ask me. My mom, my mom's losing her house. And for the most part, she's probably going to have a place to live. My kids are going to have a place to live, but nobody likes me because I'm an addict and I lost my kids for two years on the street. You know, because I was homeless on the street and my mom had my kids. Got it. But if I'm homeless again, I'll bet they're off. If I'm homeless without my kids, I'll bet they're off. Hey, Brenda, you're, you're you know? putting your, yeah, I get you. And I've, I, these are, these are not unrealistic, but you're letting all that, no. Get in the way right now. Right now, all that matters yeah, is you raise your hand and you ask for help. And there are armies of people ready to help you. You raise your hand at a meeting. You go, I'm in trouble. Where do I go? Who can help me? Okay. And you start showing up. Brenda, Brenda, okay. Brenda, seriously, this is no BS. Commit, to, commit to me. You will I'm, start. I'm, commit to me. I will start going to some meetings. I will call. I, I will have them pick me up and I will go. I, literally, what? When I get off the phone with you, I'm going to right. call the number that's right. on the AA or beautiful. NAAA Baltimore. NAA, so there's a phone number you can call. So beautiful. I'll call them as as I hang up. And then we'll, are we doing this next week? This show, Susan, producer. Okay, so next week you're going to call me and tell me what's going on in this very show. Okay. Yes, sir. You got it. Thank I, you. I'll talk to you in a week. Excellent. Yeah, okay. there, there's all this data now that shows that we have very rich recovery community in this part of the country That's uh, and, and it's uh, called mutual aid societies mm-hmm. and these are mutual support is what That's gets people really through good. these things like relationships are what heals these people in this Brenda's condition That's good. A- and there's now evidence basis for that where the mm-hmm. science shows that those kinds of free services that she can access tomorrow all day if she wants free has a better chance of giving her abstinence as good or better than any other treatment it's all that's she has to a, do. That's a very now, there's, if she can, if it doesn't work, there's professionalized treatment out there. She should get that if necessary. But all she, you start by 
we call it running up the white flag, surrendering. Show up at a meeting, say I need help. That's it. It's that easy. Follow directions. not to feel alone. It's a little worse because when you're in addiction, you don't want to follow directions. Yeah. Your brain's telling you other things and you have to just give it a, give up. Okay. You have to listen to other people and just take direction. You may not want to do everything that anything they're telling you. That's incredible little, what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it works. I know how to I know how Very it works. Good. It's uh um let me look at a couple of the other calls real quick before we Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Well, let's ugh. All right, well, since we're going down this path, let's let's do another stimulant, okay? Perfect. If you don't mind. Absolutely. Holly. That's very interesting. Holly, how you doing? Holly? Oh, yes. Hi. Hey. You're you're sober Hi. 15 Sorry, years. You're sober 15 years from <laughs> yes. I'm I'm going to bet alcohol, right? No. No. Um no. Why would you bet that? Just, I'm Don't just. Pigeonhole me. Uh, no, I'm not pigeonholing. I'm just trying to put your whole case together. A lot more together. than I seen. So, what was your what was your drug of choice? Yeah, no, it was, I had gone. Actually, I went to Betty Ford when I was twenty three for alcohol. I had never done any drugs. That's drugs. what I just said. I That's what I just said, Holly. I said, program, Holly, so. I said, I bet you originally got treated for alcoholism. That's all I said, and that's what happened. No, but I wasn't. That was. I, there's a story behind that. Like I was not. Ha- I did not have an alcohol problem. You weren't. Then that, that's my, well, my mother. I got panicked. Well, then, then, then Betty but Ford. Either should way, lose. Hang I, on, my alcohol is not what my deal is hang now. On, so. Hang on. Then Betty Ford should lose their license because if you do not meet criteria for, they did because I feel like I walked in there normal and like came out convinced I was a drug addict, and then it, I met someone at an AA meeting who like introduced me to meth, which solved every problem I've ever had in my life at the moment. So what's the question? Before ruining it. What so. is the, yeah, right. So what's the question? Um, yeah, so I was, uh, I did meth for a couple of years, and then I, you know, moved out of my city and got sober. I did the whole AA thing for 15 years, got a master's degree, teaching credentials, married, had a kid, all this. Um, and then I relapsed about two years ago, a little over two years ago. Mm-hmm. And for me to relapse is just to use every day. So, I mean, from a completely sober frame of mind, I, like, literally walked up to some guy behind Circle K, you know, dressed like a teacher, and asked him for dope. I, I think and, when, uh, we, when we, when you so get then back at the time into, I had, when you get back into recovery, we will, what was that? You, when you get back into recovery, you will look at what I happened there, and you will find a lot more was going on than you suspect. But that's okay. So, you need to get going, oh, get back sure. into treatment. And, but, but here's the deal, is that this is, you know, I had Kaiser insurance at the time, do my teaching job, you know, I'm a student, <laughs> teacher, don't tell anybody, but like, um, you know, I went to the addiction specialist there and he told me, you know, oh, what, you're just going to be uncomfortable. You'll just be uncomfortable. So you need to quit on your own for 10 days and then come back and maybe, you know, we'll talk about possible outpatient. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then when I told him that wasn't acceptable, he literally had me thrown out of his office and escorted out by security. And I was trying to stop before her. <laughs> I lost everything, and now I've lost everything. So, including my daughter, okay, my job, so what do you my want health to, insurance, what do you everything. Want, what do you so, want to I just don't know where to go. I have not been able to find treatment. So far, so far, you've blamed okay. Betty Ford and Kaiser for your drug addiction. Good job. So, what do you want to do? No, but I didn't. I need to find treatment. Is what I've been seeking. I'm blaming them for not giving me appropriate treatment. Yeah. Betty Ford, whatever, that was a kid. Who cares? Like, I don't blame them for anything. In fact, that's probably the most 
amazing month I've ever had in my life, to be honest with you. So it was the worst I mean, or the best. I don't have not that place at all. So, but, um, all right. So what I'm so calling about no is the fact that I don't know where, where to go where do you now. Live? Like, where, do you live? where do you live? Where do you live? In Southern California. Okay. Go to cry help. Do not pass. Go, go just, either, go just go to cry help right now, right this minute. Okay. It's in North Hollywood. I got so many butts. What's that? What's that? <laughs> I, I have so many butts. But, but wait. Yeah, I know. You're, I, I understand. And so it's there's no buts. You go. You want treatment? Because you I've go. been to you all go. those places, and none of them have beds or anything. It's like you talk to the admissions office at Cry I don't Help. Know. You get set up at Cry Help with the admissions office, and when they have a bed, they will call you. I I and if not, call me back next week, and we'll talk about some other places you can get in touch with. Uh, you can try Casa de las Amigas in Pasadena. You could try, jeez, um, for women. I definitely cry help. Uh, I don't know if Impact is doing women right now. I, I doubt you'd stay there. I think cry help is probably the best thing for you. Go. Do not pass go. Just go. All those butts and blames is is the illness talking, not you, my dear. As you know, we had 15 years of sobriety. You know better. Let's talk about rotten bananas taped to a wall. Can we get a picture of the rotten banana taped to the wall? Oh, my God. Oh, we have a video. Oh, we have a video. Yeah. Let's go to the video then. Watch this, Simona. <laughs> Dollar throne stolen from England's Blenheim Palace over the summer. Mm. Banana on the, on the wall, we can make a lot, a lot of bananas over there. Many believe this more appealing piece at a ripe $120,000 represents the art world and its gaping wealth inequalities. Others advise not to think that deep. It's mocking the art world. That's what Marito Catalan does. All right, so he's mocking the art world. Would anybody in, where was that, in Paris or something? Uh, it was in the Heart Basel in Miami, I think. Okay. Oh, so it was in Miami. One of the most famous art fair in the world. And <laughs> would somebody have paid $120,000 for that? Actually, yes. Yes? Yes. And uh, the, the crazy uh, about art is that the creativity is in the pocket of the person that uh, is going to buy. I mean, uh, you must be very creative in your mind to see an artwork in this banana. Do you think that's art? Do <laughs> you believe that's art? I don't believe it's art, okay. personally. Uh, well, I there, think there is a follow-on. You know, now, is this follow-on got a video also? Okay, so the follow-up is the follow-up is art, in my opinion. It's art. Uh, the follow-up is art, for okay, sure. Okay, let's watch. Yeah, let's see. Art performance. Art performance. Hungry artist. <laughs> yep. Okay. We respect Mauricio, but it's art performance, hungry artist. In the gallery. Thank you, very good. Is he the artist? Now he's a performance oh, artist. He's a performance artist. Okay, now, that's Do you sure. think he's he, not the guy who bought it either? He didn't uh, buy it. I know. He just no. destroyed it. It <laughs> just destroyed the artwork. And so yeah. the question is, my first. It was called "Hungry Artist Arts <laughs> Performance" by me, David, whatever. Uh, and I love Maurizio Catalan artwork. I really love this installation. It's very delicious. That that was his caption. Uh, at least you can eat uh, the first uh, piece of art that you can uh, eat. Not for long, by the way. If it had stayed up there much longer, you would not have been <laughs> no, able to eat that. it. Don't that. Like a mummified version of a banana. My question <laughs> was, do you think these guys were in cahoots? Do you, do you think they did it together? 
Like the first guy put it up and the second guy knocked it down. I don't, I don't know. I think sometimes they come up with the most crazy ideas. I have, I have we, we have artists, pictures. So. We have a picture of your oh, artist. Yeah. Oh. We, we, tw- we, my wife sent you a text today oh. about this case, the story. It said I was going to, I was going oh, to discuss artist. it. Okay. And yeah. you sent back this picture. Yeah, that's what I sent back. Merde <laughs> d'artiste. <laughs> voilà, en français. <laughs> Merde d'artiste. Merde d'artiste. Canto uh conserve or natural it's, uh, it's natural product uh, put yeah. in put in box uh, in the month of may 19 something mm-hmm. uh so it's boxed and there he signed it well preserved well preserved <laughs> uh yet yet we so, put it back because interestingly the, the produced by is in english Yes. Which is weird. Yes. Uh, but uh, French, French makes it always more chic. Oh, of course. Okay, so we have Merde d'Artiste. It's Which French. is shit of the artist. <laughs> shit of the artist. And he had multiple cans, I understand, yes, right? Yes, yes. How many cans did he produce? Uh, I don't remember exactly the number. but I heard uh, it was something like 30 cans. 30 cans. And they've yeah. been selling very well. And they were very expensive. I mean... Now, would David, whatever his name is, that uh, did the performance artist with Maurizio Catalan... Would he go uh, open this can? Would he do something with it of a performance nature? Uh, the follow-up of this artwork, I hope, will not be like the banana. I hope <laughs> will be nothing like the banana. But will be impressive, Jesus. you know. Like, let's see. That I mean, is it's so just crazy like, uh, to me. Crazy. I, I though, I though, the merde artiste to me is a better <laughs> idea than the rotten banana. I think by, so. By you a, can preserve a, it. You can preserve it. It's just <laughs> by a large margin a better idea. Let's oh go to God, some calls so here. It is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, oh, interesting. Here's somebody from um, Cambridge. Oh, hi. Okay, let's, let's talk They're to... They're awake? Well, it's nine <laughs> hours later. Let's talk to uh, Morgan. Is that you? Oh, hey, he, Morgan Streetman. Yeah, I'm actually in Tampa, Florida. His question but I was about calling professor. about somebody okay. yes. in Cambridge. Yes. And, and I first wanted to say, uh, this is really for Simona. Thanks for having me, Dr. Drew. Um, I, I've, I've loved following your husband's story. I've read his book, Beat State Target. Uh, love watching you guys on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, love your swimwear line. Thank you. And so my question tonight, uh, obviously I'm a big fan of y'all's, but my question is, can you tell us what you think is going to happen with Stefan Halper, and particularly with respect to the upcoming impeachment hearings and also the inspector general's report, and then maybe the criminal investigation, uh, and maybe for the audience's benefit, uh, you can tell a little bit about who Stefan Halper is, but I'm really curious to know what you think is going to happen to him at this point as part of this whole story. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, so for the audience, I start to give a little uh, brief Background. about uh, yeah. who Stephen Alper. Stephen Alpert is this uh, Cambridge professor who set George up uh, at the time, inviting him to London. Uh, wait, wait, and uh, Miss, Miss Food? Uh, no, this is Halper, is another one. Okay. So it's uh, the... the other, your other Russian colleague. Yes. Alper He's your other colleague. That's my other colleague. No, actually, I, I met Stephen Halper because okay. uh, he sent to George a really seductive honeypot. So I felt a sort of competition. I see. I understand. You know? <laughs> wow. Azara Turk, you know, this uh, yeah. blonde bombshell, they said. To, to, okay. go, to try to... Uh, to try to seduce him and say, you know, George, it's so sexy to have, if you do some business with Russia, I'm going to sleep with you if you tell me everything about it. And uh, <laughs> Who was she working for? Uh, she was working for uh, the CIA. And uh, she, of course, uh, it was a fake name. 
And uh, she was the supporting role of the fat spy, less attractive. Stephen Halper is not that attractive. Uh, if you see a that's a George, anyway. No. Uh, so I'm, I'm mad at him. I'm mad at all of them. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, well, to come back to the real... I mean, the... the the real this is real too but uh, the impact of what happened is that uh, we know that uh, helper have been has been paid by the fbi so there is a track uh, just uh, this person this character has been outed uh, to participate uh, to this uh, uh, scheme of entrapment azara turk the blonde bombshell blah 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 she disappeared we know today she doesn't this is not a real name. Uh, the phone number that at the time uh, she provided doesn't exist. Uh, so, you know, we're just talking about uh, this person that uh, was seductive and then uh, vanished. Uh, so I'm the only spy who stayed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> will, will there be uh, this come Will this come up in the impeachment process? Yeah. I, I mean, no, I think it's uh, that what, what's scary about this process is that uh, we are uh, all this information, all, the, all these, these facts uh, happen to uh, infiltrate the Trump campaign with different characters. So Mifsud is the first one who approached George uh, to throw the bomb of the, the dirt on Hillary Clinton. And uh, uh, the second professor was trying to extort uh, to George uh, by himself and through this honeypot uh, some information about uh, collusion with Russia. The reality is that this never happened. Uh, George not even reported this information uh, to the campaign at the time. Uh, that's the reason why it was not caught in any anything major than misremember date. Uh, otherwise, uh, a conspiracy would have materialized. Um, that's uh, uh, Halper, to go back to your question, uh, is one of uh, uh, the central characters because we know uh, he not only invited George to London uh, to work, uh, you know, he was asked to do this paperwork on uh, oil. Uh, policies, uh, but also uh, Michael Mike Flynn. So there are another Trump campaigner that was approached by the same professor who seemed very interested uh, in all the people working for uh, the campaign of uh, the current president. Um, I think uh, uh, definitely uh, all these uh, characters didn't operate uh, uh, individually. They were all participating to the same uh, scheme, uh, which is uh, the one to, you know, that, that that is, as you said, you read the George book and explains very well what happened. Uh, so definitely is part of the new investigation, the Dura investigation. And uh, I'm happy that uh, the new information that came out uh, translated into, into a new criminal investigation, which is very important. This is the current DOJ investigation. Yes, which is very important because, uh, you know, it was, it was a bunch of fluff. Uh, they would die on the path. There you go, Morgan. All right. Thank you all so much. It was great to hear from you. Thank Good you so talk much. To you. Thank, Thank you, man. You. Uh, let me get to some tougher stuff here again. Uh, we're sort of going back and forth between your husband's f nightmare and other people's nightmare. <laughs> yes. Uh, hang on here. I, want, I saw one. Here we go. This is uh, Chad, I believe. Yes. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Chad. So my question is, is like, I had a, a spiritual awakening and now I'm in my van. I bought a van. I live in it. I want to be a counselor, a drug counselor, but I'm having problems like identifying with society. So I kind of like pulled back from it. So I'm wondering if that's going to be, a, if that's going to be effective. 
I, and being a drug counselor. You need a license these days to be a counselor, and to have a license, you have to have an address, and you have to get deep in with the man with uh, you know all kinds of licenses. Right, right. I got a, I got a PO box. Yeah, I got a PO box. Okay. And uh, I got like uh, kind of a place for mail. What what's going on? Why uh, why withdrawing the way you are? What's up? Uh, just I don't know. I had like an awakening and read a lot of books and separated like kind of the first three years. I lived in a Honda. And that kind of opened my eyes to basically society in general. Did that awakening? Had, did that awakening include some hallucinogenic experience? No, no. It was just more of a no, like it was just more of a spiritual sense of looking at the world. I guess. Did you? Like I see more crazy. It's kind of like I see the crazy in the world. So I'm pulling back from it to look at it in a different way. Yeah, I, I understand that, that, but you can do that with and still have a place to live. Right, but is it needed? Like, that's the thing. Is like, a, does, do I need that to yes. be a part of the... Because I really want to do you drug need that to do, and doing you, that. You need to have a place to live to do anything. Let's be fair. You have to start with that. You have to have a place to shower. So you have to have a place to, to have a, hang your clothes. You have to have a place to, to be a human being like every other. That's what humans do. They they live somewhere. But right? I, I mean, I got that like in my band. It's just so simplified. And I'm wondering, well, the, the, the minimalist stuff I get. I get that completely. But I'm wondering what's going on. That like has minimalize it. everything. And it's like the happiest I've ever been. That's fine. I don't, I respect the, the minimalizing. I dig that, but the, the not the being transient and not having a secure base to operate from is the part that's problematic. And, it's right. be, and if, you know, having right. run, I see, I see the other results of the people that I see like in parking lots. And I'm like, Whoa, how close am I to that? You're, you're close. I, I wonder if something else is going on, and you, you ought to get an evaluation just to see, just to be sure. Uh, for sure, you know, I ran a program for many dec- yep. couple of decades, and I would not be hiring people that did not have an ad- address. Just you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Right? And that's like the, what I kind of need to know because I'm currently in school right now to be a drug counselor, and Good. I didn't want to do it. Half-ass, I want to do it right. All right, just start to rebuild your life. Rebuild it, and I think you'll feel a little differently about the spiritual awakening or integrated into a more stable existence, let's put it that way. And and definitely, there's something going on, you know, something makes people that way. I agree with you. Good luck, man. Good luck. Uh, oh, we had, you know, did you see Saturday Night Live uh, this week? No, I didn't. Are you a fan? Uh, I mean, not I so much. Not so much. I mean, the, I'm here for two uh, short time to be familiar to be a, to with the uh, comedy this, and stuff. So, yes. yes, I understand. Well, let me look because I I may play you the video of the opening of Saturday Night Live because it it involved the reason I thought of you is that it involved European leaders. Oh, really? And I oh, thought okay. it was pre- I thought it was pretty. Wow. It was pretty funny. Oh wow! Uh, mm-hmm. Let me try to get some of the calls that people have been calling me for a while and I've not yet had a chance to get to. So I will try to. Get to these guys. Let's talk to. Ooh, I don't know the caller's name. Kay- Kayla. 
That's me. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Kayla. What's going on? Well, I just had a quick question. Um, my my doctor recently put me on Lexapro, and it did not work very well for me, so I'm coming back off of it, and I've been off of it for about four days now, but I'm still having some weird side effects, and I'm kind of just wondering how long it takes for it to completely be out of my system. Are you having side effects from the withdrawal of the Lexapro or from the use of the Lexapro? The use of the Lexapro. Like, I'm still getting, like, random panic attacks from it. I'm still having really bad insomnia. I'm still just not feeling myself, and I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm scaring myself. <laughs> yeah. But I want to make sure that this, like, goes away eventually. How, how much were you on? I was on 10 milligrams, and I was having, like, crazy panic attacks where I was missing work. I was shaking so bad that my, like, I couldn't talk medicine. without my voice shaking. From the medicine. Not before the medicine, medicine, before, yeah. yeah. And how long did you take it for? About a month and a half before she okay. took me off of it. And how long have you been off now? Like, it wasn't long, but yeah, I get it's it. about four, four days now. Okay. And, and did anything get worse when you stopped? Um, not necessarily, but it didn't necessarily slow down either. The okay. shaking stopped. For yeah. sure, but I'm still having the panic attacks. I'm getting the random anxiety, the random heart rates. I yeah, feel like yeah. I'm having like hot flashes from it. And I, just, any... I think I'm scaring myself. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And and let me. I'm going to address that in a second. Do you get any buzzing in your head or feeling like electricity going down your spine? A little bit. Okay. This a can... little bit, and I, and I have a fainting disorder too. So I think that's also a play into my anxiety about it. Oh, what kind of disorder? I, I faint. I have the basal syncope. I've been oh, fainting since I was 12 great. years old. I oh, faint really perfect. easily. Fantastic. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is okay. a side effect of the medication. It, the side effects, you can get withdrawal side effects that can last 6 to 12 months. You can get side effects that can last a few months even after you stop the medicine. But it should, you're only four days in, it really should settle down pretty quickly. My fear is okay. that the panic has become a learned behavior. Does this make sense? What you're saying, you're panicking okay. yourself. You've sort of learned how to have a panic. Panic is kind of a learned phenomenon that has to be broken. Does that make sense to you? Because you said okay. you're scaring yourself. Absolutely. To some extent, yes, you're I'm causing. I'm absolutely scaring myself. Yeah, you're causing these panic attacks. But the medicine is what opened the circuit that makes the panic. Does that? So there's a behavioral piece. Okay. Like I learned how to have panic. I'm in that mode of repeating that behavior of having panic. But the circuitry is now open, and it has to settle down. It's the way I kind of think about it. And that uh, could take a little while. That totally makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so what you have to do is think, rather than kicking into these panic attacks, learn to master them. Learn how to calm yourself. So here okay. I go. Here I go again. I'm causing another panic. It's not going to kill me. Deep breathe. God, it's uncomfortable. But let's ride it. Just ride it like a little wave. Okay? And, <laughs> and some people, okay. Okay. Some people even totally say... Some people even say they get over their panic attacks by by urging the panic to come on, like bring it, come on, go ahead, try me. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like bring bring it as a challenge. There's actually a book on this. Wow. Do you know? Do you are you a Teen Mom fan? <laughs> this is gonna be a crazy. These I know. Do you know Teen Mom? I, I, I never watched that show. I'm so sorry. Okay, well, there's one of the girls in Teen Mom. Uh, oh shoot, I'm blanking on. Her name, Chelsea. Chelsea had terrible panic attacks, and she got over it. She read a book, and I don't think I have the book. Maybe I can find the book for you. But uh, you're a Teen Mom fam? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's why I knew you were so excited to come on your show. <laughs> well, it's one of the things I do. Here's Chelsea. The book is called, she sent me a bunch of DMs on it. 
Uh, it's called it's called Dare: A New Way to End Anxiety and Panic Attacks. D A R E by Barry McDonough. Got okay. it. And you you sound you seem to be like the kind right, of person. I'll relax tonight. Dare you might really respond to that, and it really helped Chelsea. So you can tell her how helpful her her recommendation was. Of it, you're going to be fine. Bottom line is you're going to be <laughs> okay, fine. You perfect. got just how much misery you have to go through. Okay. So. Okay. Thank you so much, Doctor Drew. Mahalo. Right. Mahalo. Bye. Uh, and so tell me what you were saying about Schultz, which, which Schultz, uh, we, is it Schultz you worked for? Uh, Schultz, Schultz. Uh, uh, Martin Schultz, Who's uh, that? is, uh, um, used to be the president of European parliament, oh. and, uh, a huge socialist. Oh, so I, uh, come from uh, the socialist background uh, work wise. I was a uh, legal advisor. Let me ask you something his, uh, to that, to that. Uh, end how long do they expect to get negative bond returns to be able to, and to prop up that bond market you if you give your money to a european bank now I, you have I to pay to keep the money in the exactly. bank exactly euro it's bond the, is the most stupid uh, creation in so, the universe so, so you, uh, let me let me stay with the thing is for euro bond which has no common well has a common currency but no common debt associated with it yes right is has a negative rate of return totally if you give, you buy a euro bond, you, you lose money every year. You exactly. pay to hold the euro bond. Exactly. For, totally uh, true. As opposed to a treasury bill or a treasury bond, which are highly secure, more secure, I would argue, than a euro bond, you get not much. We get one percent or something, you know, on a on a treasury note from the you know, U.S. government. You don't have to pay for the privilege yes. of buying a euro bond. Exactly. How long can that go on? Well, until it will totally uh, collapse, as the European uh, Central so Bank. When is that going to happen? That's going to happen. I, I, isn't I think it? I think it's going to happen very soon. Oh, we are already seeing the uh, outcome of uh, the wrong uh, socialist policies, and I should say that I used. Is to that a, that's not even a socialist policy though? That negative it, return. That's just sort no, of a stupid policy. A I agree with you. Yeah. I would not. Uh, yeah, a stupid <clears throat> policy promoted by, unfortunately, that time a socialist president. I see. Yes, him, but, your guy. Yes, my guy. Is he the guy that set it up as a negative no, return? Uh, no, this is uh, the president. No, this is another one. The current president. Time. No, it's not anymore. At the time I worked for the European Parliament, he was Got the it. president, and we were working uh, a lot on these topics. And uh, it was the time that uh, UK decided to vote a referendum to exit, which of course it's not a good thing overall for the establishment. Of but the if European you're throwing Union, your uh, common debt in with them for a negative rate of return and pointing at Japan <laughs> as the ideal, but Japan is what they point as as the model. Uh, that's not the same. It's well, not the same as Japan. Uh, and uh, you know, in the really short term, uh, the effect has been having China buying us uh, completely. Uh, so uh, uh, you know, I don't really understand how uh, European Union can uh, resist under this uh, foundation. And unfortunately, uh, I feel bad because well, that's going to collapse with seven years what? working there. Yeah. Uh, you know, believing in European Union ideal. How did you get? At, why did you? Why did you become disenchanted? I saw, first of all, I, I always say I'm a child of the European Union mm -hmm. because I am in the generation of people, millennial, that uh, I could uh, benefit of their programs. Mm -hmm. I studied uh, with the pro uh, Erasmus project in Spain and then applied for an internship to European Union. So I, I'm, I feel like uh, Europe gave me a lot of opportunity to develop myself at an international level. Yep. But at the same time, uh, they don't have, uh, they have common policies, but they don't implement them. Even think about the euro itself, not even getting to the euro bond, which is total uh, stupid idea uh, they created a common currency but they didn't create a common policy Co or common debt Exactly. Really? So everybody was uh, adapting uh, the, the infla inflation 
attacks differently in each member state, and this created chaos. The power uh, of of uh, of the of the coin was completely different uh, in France than uh, in Italy or in uh, Greece. It's because they didn't so have a common debt. Completely. Yeah. Uh, so that you see now that Greece has a debt, and the European Central Bank was. Both is trying to deal, deal with the Greek debt, but really it's the Germans. It's real Germans yeah. because they were selling submarines <laughs> to Greece, by the way. So it's really <laughs> so what like a mess. What yes, a mess. it's a lot of mess. And, uh, it's and people ha- it's don't. I don't watch. think people know. Do the Europeans know what a mess it is? Uh, I think uh, they don't realize it because they're selling them the idea that uh, when we go to the United States, uh, euro is stronger than dollar. <laughs> well. So practically, they say, oh, when I go to buy uh, in a store, uh, I go to Century 21 in New York, I end up uh, my power. Uh, in a that's the reason. That, that, that's the reason. That's, uh, they don't see behind. It's Got like, it. uh, it's really sad. Okay, let's try to get some more uh, calls in here. This is uh, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Nicole. Hi. Hey. hey there. Yes. Go ahead. Hi. Um. I guess I kind of had a not complicated question, but just curious. Um, I had a lot of trauma when I was younger. Um, I saw my dad beat up my mom several times, um, and they divorced, and I kind of had to grow up fast and help raise my sister while my mom worked full-time. Um, I had my son young. Um, he's seven now, but I was just wondering, um, I was actually diagnosed bipolar around four years ago. Um, is that something that is, it's, is it genetic or can trauma trigger something to cause someone to develop that right. later on in okay. life? Okay, so bipolar disorder does have a genetic basis to it, and trauma certainly disturbs okay. your emotional regulatory system, let's say, and I'll talk more about that in a second. And when you have a trauma, okay. it, your genetics can help determine how the trauma affects you, if that makes sense. Right, And if you have bipolar in your family, yeah. that puts you at risk for those kinds of conditions. And fundamentally, just the way to think about this is that you're not born regulated. You're born dysregulated. Babies cry a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It turns out our interaction with mom yeah. is what builds the regulatory system. Interactions with other human beings, bodies in space, in close proximity, with a trusted exchange where one person is taken care of by another person. When that basic unit is disrupted by trauma you then leave that unit and are unwilling to go back in because it's too scary that's the source of the trauma and so you are left trying to regulate yourself and there's a lot of data there's a guy named alan shore and peter fonagy and these guys write a lot about the neurobiology of all this fundamentally we think it has something to do with the insular cortex, the vagus nerve, the spinal thalamic tract, and it's our relation, our body's ability to be regulated by our brain. Feelings come out of our body, and we learn to regulate that. Mm-hmm. And if that becomes dysregulated, that's what trauma does. And dysregulation is a very hard state to remain in. It's why people turn to drugs and alcohol. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And so, and, or you can have others. Yeah, I was know. just wondering if there was something that, like, I needed to look out, like, signs, like, my for my son. Um, I haven't seen, and, and I know, like, looking back now, there was, even my mom says, yeah, there maybe was some signs, but there was something a little, you know, just off. Yeah. I've always been a really anxious person. I still sure. am. That's something that I'm still dealing with. But, okay. um, 
I didn't know if there was stuff that I needed to look, you know, um, um, keep an eye on my son. And I haven't, I, I you know. I think I will tell you, Nicole, the, the <laughs> most important thing is uh, you, you'll be aware, you'll pay attention, you're a good mom, but you need to, as much as possible, bring your child up in a psychologically healthy environment where you are paying enough attention and being close and being attentive mm-hmm. and attuned to the child's needs and emotions so they're able to be regulated the child builds a proper regulatory system and then whatever his genetic proclivities are they'll be tempered by that that ability right. See, but between okay. the genes and the environment is attachment that's the way I think about it. And if you can form a yes. nice, a good, secure attachment okay. with your child, that can buffer the genes or the effects of the environment. Make sense? Okay. All right. That makes me feel better. Yes, All definitely. Right. Thank you so much. You got it. Um, we have talked about everything today, my dear. Is there other stuff, Simona, you wanted to get into? We've talked about drug addiction. We've mm-hmm. talked about uh, the European currency. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we answered in much everything. Yeah. Well, you're a teen mom fan. Do you want anything to know about that? Uh, I, yes. I was working as a reality. Uh, you want to work in reality TV? Well, I am already in a docuseries right now. Oh, what's it's that about? My, it's about, uh, about my husband and I. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been filming for a year. And I think this really affects uh, your Having brain cameras to, going all the time. Yes. yes I, it's I a, mean, it's a, a weird so I want to the expert advice how to survive to that. Uh, you know, when people have come to us and asked about, eh, do you want to do this or that reality together as a couple? We normally say no because we've noticed that very few couples survive reality cameras. I don't know why that is, but that is. That's Ozzy uh, and Sharon about the only ones that survived the reality cameras. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we had the Mueller investigation. Now we have the camera. We have been the cameras on. For it, the cameras are worse, right? Yeah, because sometimes uh, you are. Uh, the, the cameras make eternal moments. You can be upset to the specific minute and not be upset to the minute. A minute and later. then, and, and but uh, they're still there. Right, and so I will tell you from. The, the girls, that the women that do Teen Mom, what they always say is it's so weird because this is a moment in your life everybody else gets to put way behind them. You're living it over and over again because the cameras bring it back up and show it to you and show it to everybody else. And it, it's unpleasant. And you, both of you react differently totally. and then you conflict. Totally. Right? So. And so it's a source of conflict that's sort of not natural. And it's not... Uh, aired yet so let's wait <laughs> yeah has it got a place to air uh well they're now fishing for they're pushing uh, it around who do who uh, produced it it's fwg production mm-hmm. yes it's so would it have a market in europe do you think i think they do yeah because it, me and george are having so much coverage uh, yeah all the, over the mostly world mostly right? in italy and uk and they always follow our twitter accounts all this madness and you'll be going on big brother uk it. and whatever uh, <laughs> well, it's like okay let's see what's going on behind what an investigation does with couple in terms of uh, pressure that's uh, you know that's something that really okay oh my god I'm getting ready to go to testify to the FBI <laughs> you know that that's was it, that was on the that's reality it, show yes it's 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 there they yeah. follow me uh, going to uh, the are Congress are uh, they still fo- are they still following you guys yes or? we are still filming how do they determine when to film and how much to film that kind of thing oh, we have a great producer she's the she's name co- is does she call you every day and go oh, we're coming she, she became a sort of a friend I, I say she's a sort of family for us right now so trust <laughs> <like> me here, <laughs> let me give you a little piece of advice your producer is, is she's friendly she is not your friend she has a responsibility <laughs> to produce produce watch the watch the TV series Unreal 
my God. Watch okay. like the first three episodes of that, and you'll understand. They, they it's a it's a scripted show. You can see it. Watch it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. But it I watch it really it. exposes the the job of the producer. Okay, that's interesting. Because their to job watch it now. I'm unreal. It's called unreal. Unreal. Okay. Well, I, I re- producer you, here. I'm not your you're, not a te- you're not a reality <laughs> producer. You're a web producer. Have you watched Unreal? Yes. It oh, yes. It's an amazing show. Explain to her what, what it is. It will, it, it will open your eyes to how the business works. Oh, okay. yeah. You'll be so protective. Reality, <laughs> reality like, uh, TV. Yeah. I feel a mix between Forrest Gump and Joker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's a lot closer to Joker. <laughs> I become Joker. For <laughs> yeah. Like, it, so. sounds, it sounds like an interesting show. It uh, yes, it is. You guys leave a cra- you live a crazy life. We had also camera at home for a while. You what? You, we had cameras at home for a while. At where? At home. Home. At home. Camera, yes. Like constant, like all around. Yes, yeah, so oh. only at the downstairs. Oh. We have just two floors downstairs, and the just running constantly. Did they have, yes, did they have somebody watching? Did they have somebody like a, mm-hmm. a, in your house? I get the feel. <laughs> but but I mean, they didn't just record it like a like a GoPro. They uh, recorded it and sat no, in a uh, video room uh, and yeah, a video yeah, village and your. Yes. Somebody was 24 doing story, uh, well, 24-7. Uh, from another place. But uh, another definitely, place. you know, it's and uh, you know, the, we were there, for example, watching These the Mueller report. These are not your reports. Your friends. <laughs> These are not, uh, you never know what's going to come out of this reality show. Oh, my God. But, uh, don't, but don't it will be good. Don't scare me. I will be your patient. <laughs> we, we, will, we, will, we will come back and address it again. <laughs> okay. I think we're about ready to wrap things up. Uh, oh, we're going to show uh, Simona swimsuit line as well? Want, want we do that, to wait, do that on the way out? How about that? Is that, is that appropriate? I would love to. Okay. Actually, I'm, I'm being very criticized because I model it first my swimsuit line uh, because, you know, it's a cut of... Uh, <laughs> there you are. I am wondering if uh, producer Susan, my wife, because she was very impressed by Simona and maybe she has any, any comment. Susan, you want to come in here if you're hearing me? I love you. She's on the phone screening people. Oh, come Hi, on. Get, grab a headset. So the producer, I, she is the brains behind uh, this show with Caleb. I know. I love and, to talk uh, to her. And she was a swimsuit model. Yes, I she was. was. Yes. So I wasn't beautiful. tall enough to be in uh, um, the runway. So, yeah. But I, I did model swimwear when I was in my first jobs, one of my first jobs. And, um, and I had a group called the K-Rock Bikini Girls. So I had a group, 90 women that worked for me as bathing wow. suit models. Just bathing suit models, like fashion. That's and um, that's how I met Drew. I was working mm-hmm. at K Rock. Good taste. <laughs> yeah, and so and Drew used to um, judge the bikini contests. So that was kind one of fun time. For him. One time. I well, oh, wow. you know, we were in our twenties. It was that's, it was back so, in the day. Uh, I lo- really came up. California inspired me. I said that I see beaches everywhere, and, and I love I your love suits. They're oh, amazing. Caleb, thank is, you. Is in love with them. He says his wife could wear them all well. Oh, so. thank you so yes. much. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be a great model for them. Show the pictures. She, we haven't. We've been we showing have. them. We show the picture. Okay. I will be happy to, you know, just uh, personalize any for you and even send oh, you as a sweet. present. Oh, sweet. Okay. Producer Susan can take you to her swimwear mu- museum <laughs> if you like. She has a museum of swimwear. Oh, really? Well, I did at one point. I'm working on the other She must have. She has a museum. I think I've had every style bathing suit in the world. I'm yeah. happy you like it. Sometimes some people told me, oh, they're too uh, revealing. And I said, uh, I don't go to the hey. beach dressed up I mean like <laughs> I don't go like that <laughs> right so, I love the red white and blue one that you had oh the American the, flag was that you, uh, was that your yes I, I created it I liked uh, it I liked I it I used to say welcome to America and then you know as I said American uh, now they're all cute they have really high 
legs, which yes, I like. Yes, makes the legs longer. Yes. Looks longer. Yeah, <laughs> and it and they come up high in the way, so it covers all my stretch marks. Because oh, you look amazing. Triplets. <laughs> no, I love the suits are adorable. So. Thank you so much. All right, ladies, you done? Thank you. I want to give you a chance to, to gush. <laughs> Wait, did I, you see the guy who wants to know about his pee pee situation? That's a, that's a your mom's house oh, question. Come on. You want me to do it? Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> okay he doesn't give his name oh i thought I hello hi there go ahead hello. hi this is drew oh it is drew, is I drew? See. yes this is drew <laughs> i don't believe him go ahead okay hi drew it's drew um so i just had a quick question uh much 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 more lighthearted than uh the last caller um that kind of put me in a spiral but anyway uh yeah when i have to pee really bad and I squeeze my dick, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like I have to pee as bad anymore. And I was right. talking to your producer, and she was experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I have to pee right I'm just curious. I right can't now? imagine that pee <laughs> is just chilling in the dick. Yeah. Why is that the case? Be, I'm going to guess it is because <laughs> when you do when you squeeze the tip, you cause a contraction of the bladder, the musculature, and so the floor of the bladder kind of pulls up, and it doesn't feel as urgent that way. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna bet that's interesting. So that that can connect to all the way to the bladder, just by all the way to the bladder the neck, all the way to the bladder neck, because that's all smooth muscle and it all kind of interesting. Yeah, and it, if you maybe do a little uh, Kegel at the same time, notice see Which maybe I'm doing or maybe right now. or maybe do a Kegel separately <laughs> and see if that gives you the same kind of relief. Okay. I have, I have to. How about I, that? I think that's just. Uh, the same thing like i think it's just that's unintentional i'm thing. probably doing kegel that's as well as ex- i'm squeezing that's exactly <laughs> right and uh keep them high and tight drew yeah wear them high and tight yes of course of thank course. you drew love That'll the show help if you have to all right man too. thanks well, thank you, Ms. Producer, for giving us that question. Uh, that was a that was a little mini ad for Dr. Drew After Dark. Do check out that show where we do more of those kinds of calls. That's not really sp- specifically what Ask Dr. Drew is about, but uh, Dr. After Dark is that. Simona, great job. I thank appreciate you, so you being much. here. It's really interesting. I, I really actually was not aware of your story. I've heard your husband's stuff in the background. I remember hearing about a guy that went to prison because of a date problem. Mm-hmm. I remember the president talking about that, mm-hmm. good people getting trapped, and yes. he, he sort of was alluding to, I guess, your yes. husband. Yes. And um, and the I feel a comradeship with you in terms of the shitstorm you have to deal with in social media, which That's I deal so with cool. all the time. <laughs> and probably I'll get just for us being here and talking and just being chatting I, together. I would love to. So, Thank all right. Well, good, good to have you. We'll have a follow-up when your show comes to uh, television. Thank you so much. Very good. And uh, Caleb, thank you. Susan, thank it. you. You guys did thank a great you, job. <laughs> and are we going to be doing this next week? Is that yes, the plan? So, we'll okay. And we've got some calls coming in. I think, in I don't know. I have to talk to Caleb when it's Yeah. And it's, as I said, we uh, do not have um, KBC in the new year. So, I mean, maybe do even more than one a week of these, I suspect. So, we'll see about that. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Dr. Drew here. And this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learned something, but see your doctor, get proper medical care.